1: This episode is powered by Safety FM.
0: In this episode, we talk to Abby Ferry, and we get her experience with the ASSP and the Wise Group, and we have a social media masterclass.
1: Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM Give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course.
0: But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant.
1: Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. I'm Abby Ferry and I used to consult on my own full-time the past six years and the past six months I've been at Hayes Companies and they're an insurance broker and I was brought in to focus on construction. So I'm vice president of the National Construction Practice and it's great. It's fun. It's nice to get back into my, my home industry of construction and be able to talk to a bunch of companies in that space. So still a consultant vibe and atmosphere. But I work for a company now. I have a job, um, <laughs> but you know that, that consultant mindset—it it never goes away. Um, so also, you know, keeping busy—or I guess more than keeping busy—with the ASSP, American Society of Safety Professionals, with the Women in Safety Excellence Wise Common Interest Group. And (laughs) I'm finishing up my term of um, being president-elect of my local chapter, which is the Northwest chapter, which is kind of an oddly named chapter. Um, We cover Minnesota, Western Wisconsin, North Dakota, and South Dakota. So it's one of the largest chapters in the ASSP.
0: Wow. That is pretty amazing. And you're a mother and a wife.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I do that stuff too. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, can forget that for stuff. Sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, and I know for uh, for our interactions, which is just over a year now, maybe two, getting in there. Yeah. And uh, you've been like not only a champion for ASSP and Wise, but you've been a uh, one of those people that anytime i see you i am just like plugged in it's like abby's talking let me let me listen
1: (laughs) that's awesome thank you thank you
0: yeah yeah i mean you are very much an influencer in our space and it's great to, to see your uh I guess the thing that, that, that makes you so different than some of the other influencers is you found a way to influence with your personality as well as your technical skills and your your, your know-how. So it makes it where it's fun, it's energetic, it's new. The approach seems like it's something that uh, we haven't seen in safety. So it's really cool when, you, when I witness something that you're doing and I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. Let's go, whatever she said,
1: That's awesome. I love that. Um, I definitely think that safety people don't use social media or other alternate media tools to their advantage. I mean, there's so much out there that um, just isn't. I don't even know how else to put it, it's just not being taken advantage of. So I'm thinking back to um, almost, I guess it would be four or five years ago when I first started yeah. really digging in and trying to get out there and speak at different conferences, and whether it's local, regional, national events. And my first topic was gamification. So talking about how to bring a gaming element to safety training. And so I just, as I started speaking about that to people, I thought, well, we we'll do all the social media stuff too. So I started to link that into it as well. And um, last year, yeah, last year at the ASSP conference, I um, was actually taught things by other people that attended my session and they almost shamed me into doing an Instagram account. So I have that now. <laughs> um, I reluctantly started a Facebook page for my consulting business, then I switched that over to just be like a like a professional um, person page. Yeah. So those two things I Reluctantly drag myself to because I consider LinkedIn the the professional uh, social media. So um, I try to focus on that. And That's really my my favorite platform to use, where I feel that I get the most engagement. So I try to take whatever I'm doing and tailor it to other safety people and say, "Well, you can do that too." Um, you know, within your own area of influence or taking it to your company. So uh, what I was going to mention is that at my session last year on social media, at the end, I had people ask about using internal social media. So as a consultant back then, I had no clue. you know, be, of being a practitioner and using that sort of thing because I didn't have coworkers. Well, now I do, <laughs> and we have our internal SharePoint pages. And um, people are asking me about Yammer and Slack, and it was like a foreign language to me. So there's the the public social media, but then there's also this internal social media that a lot of companies have that safety people should definitely be jumping on there. And I call it propaganda. <laughs> you know, like get that yeah. get that safety message, that safety propaganda out there to your people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in any
0: way that you can. And uh, for, let's say uh, right now with now that you know about Yammer and you know about some of the other internal uh, things, how would you now incorporate that? if you were to do it privately like setting up a client what would you what would you uh well you're probably doing that now anyway right in the in the same field so (laughs) so what what would you uh what would you suggest as far as a consultant when they want to set their client self right and say all right look for here yeah how, how would you do it
1: so first I'd start by just managing expectations because internal social media is not as fast and furious as public social media. So with LinkedIn, I can go on my personal LinkedIn and share whatever I want at any time, literally. And yeah. um, with a corporate social media strategy, um, it moves slower that they want to <laughs> curate the post and find the right image and talk to the internal subject matter experts and None of this is bad. It's good. It's just that you would have it's to so be more down. proactive. Yeah, slow it down. So um internally at Hayes, um we started talking about April's distracted driving month back in February maybe January um and started to create content and a strategy and so that was for internal social media and also external facing social media so getting that content together and letting people know it's coming so that they look to um like and share and interact with the links that the company was posting so there's just a little bit more of um, moving pieces and also mm-hmm. make sure to craft the message. Um, and individually, you know, there's lessons to learn from that too, that we should yeah. still be careful and um, intentional with what we post on social media. But for a corporate social media account, I mean definitely <laughs> you really have, you to, have be
0: to be, be careful. Calm. Yeah. Yeah, because this day and age, uh, you say the wrong thing and it's gonna go out to thousands, sometimes millions of people in that amount of time. Yes. So you uh, you'll end up fact tracking and trying to, you know, play catch up or you know, the if you ever seen uh did you ever see Chicago, the actual movie that came out from the play. No. Oh, well, you gotta see. It's awesome. (laughs) There's this one scene where, um, Richard Gere is supposed to be a lawyer for all these women that are in jail and uh, you'll see him in the the courtroom and uh, he's obviously lying, I mean just obviously lying, but uh, he starts tap dancing as a metaphor of what lawyers do when they're trying to state their case and you're like tap dancing around, Uh, so it kind of reminds me of that statement that you made where if you say the wrong thing, then you're going to end up having to do that PR tap dancing in order to correct it.
1: Definitely, and screenshots last forever. So, you know, there's people on Twitter, LinkedIn, all these platforms that they see that and we live, I say we, cause sometimes I'm guilty of this too. But yeah. if you see a, a brand making a mistake or making a really awkward post, my initial thought is I got to get that screenshot because yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah, take absolutely. that down. And yeah, you know,
0: absolutely. we
1: can't forget about that. Um, and then there's people like um, Gary Vaynerchuk, who you know that I mm-hmm. love and am inspired by. And he sometimes says that messing up like that on a big scale is actually a tremendous opportunity. Yeah. So he sometimes, he doesn't so much advocate messing up on purpose, but owning mistakes as soon as you mess it up and then, you know, refining that message and being, being um, straightforward and just honest—like yeah. we said something stupid—and you know, here's how we fix that, and here's what we're doing. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Not all that. That kind of brings me to a thought. So, uh, your regular workday as you're going through—you uh, might have some time and travel and driving. Uh, what were the things that helped you kind of get your mindset right before you got to clients?
1: So I like to listen to podcasts um, as I'm driving. I don't talk on the phone while I'm driving. I don't text while driving. I um, I will say I'm a reformed, um distracted driver. Uh, yeah. I go back through and I listen. Well, you're
0: more than reformed. You're an activist yeah. because you've <laughs> actually gone to the Minnesota legislation. So that's yes. that's like way on the other side, which is awesome. Totally. Not too many professionals take it that next step like you did.
1: Thank you. And it was totally inspired by my coworker who had just You know the worst thing that could happen happened, where he lost his child. And well, you know she was an adult at the time, but still his child. um, You know she she died in a an accident, a crash where the driver was distracted. So um, he came and spoke to our ASSP chapter, and it just really ignited a fire under me that here's a way that safety people we can use our voice. Um, I mentioned how the Northwest chapter is one of the largest chapters in the ASSP. So uh, and me as president elect, that's a, a title that people will listen to. So I, I used that and um, mobilized that and sent letters to our representatives to, you know, support my coworker, Tom Geltz, in getting this legislation through. So, but I say I'm a reform distracted driver because (laughs) Tom's talk, it, you know, it ignited that fire to get to the legislature and then also to change my own habits. So I um, initially, I would just Put my phone down and just wouldn't use it um yeah. he gives us cell phone slips like little um packages that you can put your cell phone in and then it actually blocks the signal to the cell phone so i use that for a little oh. bit too yeah but you know you can still grab like it a, out of the
0: bag. it's like kind of like the rss chip uh, things would you just let your uh, your credit card in and it uh, blocks that signal it
1: would be um, what do they call those things I think it's an RFID or some kind of yeah I yeah I forget what people call them as like a, a slang term but there's um, slips that you can use for your credit cards to make sure that um, they're not transmitting
0: or whatever I don't really understand this so it's basically akin to that
1: yes Yep. So you can use that. Um, And then just within the past couple of weeks, I enabled the drive mode on my Android phone and Apple iPhones have their version of this too. And I forget what it's called Apple car or something like that. So that I um, enable that before I drive or just, it automatically enables once the vehicle's in motion and going over yeah, fifteen miles per hour. So then it blocks um, cell signal and then also sends a automatic text message to anyone that texts me that says I'm driving right now, um, you know, some other message and it says something like it can wait um, or no text is worth of life, something like that. So yeah. it's preventing me from being distracted, but also getting that message out to anybody that's Trying to text me while I'm driving, and that they might yeah. think, "Oh, maybe I should do this too." So um, that's my reformed distracted driving ways. Yeah. Where so now, now you're not use listen. it anymore while I'm driving. Yeah, no So now way.
0: you're uh, listening to podcasts and, yes. and instead of talking.
1: Yeah, I'm listening. Imagine that. So what are you listening to? <laughs> so obviously Gary Vaynerchuk. I listen to a lot of him. Um, okay. I don't have super long commutes being in Minneapolis, but yesterday I had to drive a couple hours. Each way to get to a client. So I could listen to a longer form podcast. Um, I also, it, it's a strange thing. A lot of podcasts are male voices. And so you have to be very deliberate to try and find one of the top podcasts. Or if you just throw out to your community and say, send me your podcast recommendations. You get Gary Vee, Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, you know, like the main podcast that people are listening to and often you can dig a little bit deeper and say no, I, I want to get some women's voices in here too. So yeah. I um, I listen to uh, Recode Decode. That's a good one hosted by Kara Swisher. Um, I like Code Switch from NPR, which has um, Jean Denby and then the woman whose name I can never pronounce, <laughs> um, but it's like the best name ever. And they talk about, um, race issues, which is a really, I say fun, but it's a deep, mm-hmm. sometimes it's, um, very moving podcast, but super interesting stuff. Um, I also like hidden brain by NPR that mm-hmm. one, I posted a link on LinkedIn, um, a few weeks ago, there was a very interesting episode about, um, gender differences and it was centered around a woman who won the like the national or international poker championship and her story I, yes yes exactly and i thought what is this going to tell me about my industry or yeah, she's amazing it, it was amazing like the story was great and the lessons were amazing so yeah. um love i've read two of her books Oh, very cool. Okay, I might have to search out more of her information
0: because
1: she's right in line with wise stuff and what we talk about. Um,
0: Well, it would go great. And sorry for 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 getting in there, but uh, since we're talking about it, it actually will go great for the mindset that you have, not only as a consultant but in wise and a few other things because her background is in psychology, and uh, she was going to get into psychology. And one of her books is uh, is basically a management coaching book that is. About critical thinking. And uh, the reason why it's critical thinking is she's playing for millions of dollars in the poker uh, arena. So, therefore, everything, every decision has to be a critical decision. And uh, she's translated that into the business sense. So I really think uh, it, it would be something I, I believe knowing you that you you would get into.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff, That especially the things that surprise me that I think, you know, I'm usually pretty open-minded, but sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe I'll try a different episode, but then I stick with it for a minute, and then I end up, you know, getting sucked into the whole thing. So I love yes. that sort of thing. Um, Excellent. Yeah, I'm trying to think what are the other ones? I listened to one yesterday. It's called The Failure Factor and that's hosted mm-hmm. by a woman and she has a Canadian accent so um, if anyone ever calls my accent Canadian they can listen to her and hear <laughs> a real Canadian accent um, yeah. but her, her stuff is awesome it's about um, just being open about failures and what people have learned from their own failures and it's yeah. mostly women that she interviews so that's a, a good one um, another one that I really enjoy is um, Girl Boss Radio, and mm-hmm. I hate the title because <laughs> I, I hate stuff that's like hashtag Boss Babe or you know Lady Boss, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl Boss. But um, but it, you are but I guess yeah I just I don't know what I just the boss like just call the boss um but (laughs) you know you see the things on Instagram where it's like the coffee mug and it says like girl boss or um but it's hosted by um oh my gosh I'm blanking on her name too but she founded the fashion website nastygal.com and I remember being really into her fashions when I lived in Southern California so learning what she's been up to and she interviewed Use some very high-powered people. Um, the most recent interview was with Valerie Jarrett, who is the um, or who was the longest-serving. Uh, I don't remember the right word, but like staff person. She was an advisor to Barack Obama for all eight all right. years. So wow. um, yeah, so
0: she's That's very unusual. Deal.
1: Yeah, and um, she interviews other um, like CEOs and um, she interviewed the, the last, besides Valerie Jarrett, the other one I listened to was an interview with Tina Brown, who is the first and only woman to have ever edited the um, the New Yorker magazine. Mm-hmm. And she also worked at Vanity and um, a bunch of other publications, but very interesting discussion about the work-life balance, you know, because when us women start talking, we talk about work-life balance and having it all and blah, blah, blah. So it was just a a really refreshing take on that topic. So that's kind of what I've been listening to. Um, Yeah, no. Yeah.
0: uh, You get to your client's be finished like turn everything off you can listen to this for whatever uh time frame it wants to get to your client uh how does that set you when you're ready to get out the car and go serve
1: um positive mindset um but also being open to hearing what a client or a prospect has to say instead of just coming in with um my sales message or my safety message but being open to hearing how they do things or what their goals or ideas are for direction of their company or their safety programs. So, um, and you know, it's not always podcasts I'm listening to, like I'll, I'll switch and listen to some music. So
0: what do you listen to? (laughs) Come on. It's gotta be gangster rap.
1: Um, you know, lately a lot of Beyonce, I gotta say, (laughs) um, some Ariana Grande, um, (sighs) because I try to listen to women sometimes because a lot of times I default to music that I like and it's like you know play Beastie Boys or
0: um, yeah
1: I listen to a lot of reggaeton music too which is a lot oh, of voices
0: awesome.
1: I love um, <laughs> I love Nikki Jam and um, j belvin you know they're some of my favorite you know if I, daddy yankee of course is with that group he's kind of the, oh, yeah. the original um yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, probably not Ever the since original.
0: justin bieber he's gone crazy
1: yes yes so i love listening to that it just puts a smile on my face and um you know i know just enough spanish to like get by and lip sync properly to this music but it's yeah. you know, especially the weather's been pretty dreary here so i'm trying to push the season and You know, get some fun summertime music
0: here. So So this just clears your mind. It gets you ready, so when you're you're out there, you could you're actually not thinking about all the other things that could drag you down, and then you're 100% service mode for your client.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, it's good to, to do that and to it's funny because a lot of times when I talk to professionals I like to I like to bring up some of the things that are outside of safety because it's only myopic to think of just the safety side. You have to think of everything, you know? So uh, it's it's fun hearing the things that influence you. Yeah. So it gives me a little a peek inside of all the, the cool the, the cool factor of Addy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're multifaceted people, you know, safety people are, we're not just boring. Um, I know a lot of people equate safety with boring, and I try to shake that up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and also associate myself with other safety people that aren't just, I don't want to say boring safety people, but sometimes serious, you know, like sometimes there's a time and a place for that super serious delivery of a safety message. But yeah, I think, you know, in training, people, they know that safety is a serious topic and so whenever you can bring something else to the table like something fun or um just different that that's really helpful and along the lines of music and safety people i have to say um tim page Bodor who was the assp spy last year and we spoke together at safety 2018. uh, Mm -hmm. he plays music as he prepares for speaking. So last year, um, I walked into our speaker room and he was already there and had music going. We were listening to Bruno Mars and but I had never thought to um, like set the mood of a safety training room um, with mm-hmm. music, and so it was just a really fun atmosphere as people were walking in that there, were music, there was music playing instead of like that awkward silence when yeah, you know, you're really. up at the front of the room with your mic and getting everything ready and setting up your slides and clicker, and people walk in and they're quiet and you know sit in the back that people were more apt to like. Kind of walk in with their own like swagger, swagger. a little bit, mm-hmm. and walk in maybe a little bit further, and not just sit in the back of the room. So it was a really cool way to engage the group. Um, I haven't used it yet personally, but I think I might at an upcoming event. <laughs>
0: I'll steal it. I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm about to steal that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Tim comes up with different music based on the topic or based on the season or whatever. And, you know, he'll just, it's, it it was fun to co-speak and even more fun to just see how another person prepares and approaches an event. So I highly recommend it to everybody to Mm -hmm. um, instead of, or in addition to speaking individually at a conference to team up with somebody just to to even, not just to share the work, but to also just see someone else's process.
0: Yeah, and uh, in that vein, because you do, you know, so many speaking engagements, and you mentioned a little bit about how you first got started in that. So, as far as someone who is getting their business going, they they feel like they should do some speaking. And most of us that do get into consulting, we know that eventually we're going to have to be speakers. So, how did you uh, crack that code to to get in both speaking with paid engagements and speaking with not? paid engagements What what was your process when you were first getting started to, to get in there
1: I just did it I don't know how else to explain it um, at the time I was living in Southern California and getting ready to move back to Minnesota and um, I wanted to I guess workshop my first topic that I um, this gosh I have to think, this goes back to safety 2016, maybe, or 2015, I forget now. Um, But I had already had my speaker proposal accepted for the ASSE back then, now ASSP's main event. And so- That was
0: your first gig, you went straight to ASSE?
1: (laughs) Well, I submitted a speaker proposal for a topic that got chosen. So I had that June 2000, whatever it was, date on my calendar. But I was looking at, um, I think it was my first Intentional speaking engagement on that topic was September the year before where I spoke to the ASSE Las Vegas chapter because I was going to Las Vegas for work and it happened to... fall within the same week that the ASSE meetings were held at that for that chapter so I just reached Mm -hmm. out I went to their website to find what the meetings were reached out to the board members and said hey do you guys need a speaker for you know September whatever it was and they said yeah we love it and so they've they let me come in and speak. And I think there was maybe 40 or 50 people there at that session. And so that was a big deal. I mean.
0: Awesome. That's great. Yeah.
1: Like that size group. I mean, even if it was smaller size group, um, that's still, that's intense, especially speaking in front of fellow safety professionals, because you absolutely. know that they're really scrutinizing you. It's a way different audience than the workers. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And did you bring <laughs> business cards or anything like that that you had with you?
1: I honestly don't think I had business cards even made at that time.
0: Yeah. So this is when you're really, really new. Yeah. And you're, uh, just trying to... Were you uh, working for yourself at that time? or you I okay? was. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was. So I was intentional about understanding that this is a way to get business. And I don't think I even... I don't think I could trace back any specific business leads from that exact meeting, but it was just a a stepping stone, like a launch pad to to say to the next ASSE chapter. So when I moved back to Minneapolis, I said, hey, I just spoke at the Las Vegas chapter on this. Can I talk about this topic at one of our upcoming meetings? And they said, sure. (laughs) So um, you can see the whole journey on, I've always kept each speaking engagement and webinar, like anything that I speak at, I log it on my website. So if you go to thefairygroup.co slash events, you can see I've got my upcoming events listed first, and then I have an archive that I just copy and paste the events, put them down at the bottom of the list, and I've got, yeah. I think at one time I counted, it was maybe 60 or more events in the past four to five years. So yeah, it's it, a lot. I've, I've seen that lot. page. Thank you. Yeah, you have to like scroll multiple times Uh to get to the bottom now. So if anything, it's a good way for me to earn my CEUs for my CSP maintenance, um, Uh and also to um, just show people, like here's my speaking resume. Um, I keep it on my website. I refer to it so many times, especially as I prepare proposals for future speaking events. Um, And yeah, it's just, it took off so one leads to another or in preparation for an event you want to speak at other events um people find out about you and then they want you to speak at their event so it just soon the calls start coming to you Um, but I still, am a big fan of finding out, um, when proposals are due for different events and just putting it out there. So,
0: yeah, yeah. you actually have a system that you teach or you at least you, you let people see, you know, saying if you want to get accepted, follow these steps and that's a a really good idea and a a great help to the community.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I noticed that the ASSP speaker proposal process, it's not that it's difficult or disjointed. It's just that some people might not understand where to just get started. So I came up with, well, I didn't come up with it. I had just been using it to plan my own proposals so I could count the words (laughs) because you go in and it's an online form to submit a speaking proposal for ASSP. So I like to work backwards and use word to count my My literal words so that I know that my title meets the requirement and then go to the ASSP form online and submit my proposal. So two years ago is when I decided to make that like a shareable document that it wasn't like I sat down like, hmm, how can people have a tool to submit these proposals better? It was just here's my word document slap a title on it and shared it with everybody. So I don't know how many people are really using it. I've heard from a couple of people that I've used it and they said it was helpful. I've used it the past two years. So, um, yeah, I just want to peel back those layers because I'm not saying that anyone can do it, but really anyone Uh can do it. You know, if you have a topic, if you have a panel, if you have a project, you're proud of from work, why not speak about it? Um, so I'm just, really with my, my wise administrator role, it's become, um, apparent to me that there's still some mystery or perceived mystery to how to jump into whether it's ASSP speaking proposals or other events or groups or leadership within other groups. And so anytime that I can kind of um, clip notes version of the, the thing and let people yeah. know about it to make it more accessible, I love doing that because we, we have so many safety people that we just need to hear from them. And sometimes yeah. all they need is to be asked or be, you know, shown the way.
0: Yeah. And I know um, in the past you have mentored people too uh, through a coaching program. So, which is really, really good. And it's you know, similar to what I do. So I, I love that idea of, you know, hey, if you need some coaching here and you get a real nominal fee to have someone come in, you, you coach them along. And it was, it was an awesome thing to do. And I, I really, I, I saw that and I was like, all right, Abby (laughs) (laughs) because there's uh, so many times that I... I hear this on the other spectrum where, you know, being an African-American in safety uh, can also be uh, distancing, if you will. And I know with uh, buys, which is blacks in safety excellence, and then wise women in safety excellence, we kind of have the same, uh, the same experience just from different personalities. So when I do see ways that, you know, you could use to help people, you know, with your experience, coach, I don't know how many coaching clients you got from different sexes, if it was male, female, uh, or, you know, right now, I think we have ooh, 87 genders or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Regardless yes. of Everybody. who you're coaching, yeah, you know, it's, it's always really good to see a face that looks like yours, that's delivering a message of power and, and, uh, yeah. delivering a message that is empowering. So, uh, so I, I definitely, saw you doing it and I thought it was really cool
1: that's awesome yeah I uh, do that yes I still have a wise mentee and a consultants practice specialty mentee and then countless I just call it unofficial mentoring uh, projects and people um, I I've written blogs about it about how to get an official mentor or just find unofficial mentors um, and it's not stalking. You know, you look at someone's LinkedIn, and um, it's someone you want to be like, and you can look at their LinkedIn profile and see what their path has been. You can see where they went to school, what are the volunteer groups, what are the groups and organizations that they're associated with or professional groups, and try to model yourself after those people, or even better, just reach out to them. Um, yeah. I reached out to somebody today where you just kind of slide into the DMs, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. he said yes about something. So awesome. there's a, a project, that'll be coming up that's um, just from LinkedIn posts and messaging someone cold through LinkedIn. So, um, you know, there are official mentoring paths where you can get matched with somebody through, especially through ASSP, we have the mentoring program with whys and buys and all, all kinds of groups. Um, so definitely take advantage of that stuff. But, you know, with social media, people are so reachable. And how hard is it to just ask? You know, they'll say no, but someone will say yes.
0: Uh, yeah, and a word to the wise is if you are doing it through LinkedIn, LinkedIn, the way the LinkedIn algorithm works, they will check and they actually could see who's watching their profile. So go ahead yes. and send a little message or something because then it'd be straight up stalking. Yep, so at yep. that point, you want to you at least send an invite. At that yeah, point.
1: you know, mm-hmm. I see that sometimes. I see it, I honestly, I haven't even looked lately on the who's viewed your profile um, because I sometimes click on people's pages because of I'm gonna meet with them or, I need their headshot for something that I'm doing, so I just download their LinkedIn picture, um, yeah. or just whatever. I mean, I don't I don't really worry too much about if I, I click and then, ooh, I gotta send a message. Um, some people, I will worry about that, but in general, I'm not too worried about it. Um, and also lately, not to sound really tooting my own horn, but mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of page views lately. Uh, yeah. Since I re um Reframed my mindset on how I approach LinkedIn posts, so I don't even look at who's looking at my page anymore because there's just there's been a lot,
0: um, a lot of people there. Don't go too far. Yeah. What's your new thought on that if you can share?
1: Yeah. So I've I heard a lot of people, or not heard, I read a lot of people complaining on LinkedIn about. Um, algorithm changing and I started to notice it myself that I, I used to post, um, my rule is that you have to have an image, not the auto populated image from a link, but you have to have a separate image with each LinkedIn post and also your content. So, um, I would always make sure of that. And so I would get pretty decent engagement with posts. I mean, if something really took off, it wasn't uncommon to get 30,000 views and Mm -hmm. a bunch of comments. When I started noticing views going down under a thousand on posts that I thought were pretty dang good and informational, um, (laughs) or there was likes, but there was no comments and engagement, I thought, oh, what what can I do? How can I make this different? And I forget what post it was, but um, there's something I posted that people shared it and I got like 10 or 15 reshares of a post. And I thought, you know what? I think that's where it's at. So now all my LinkedIn posts, my aim is that it's something that a person could just easily click share to their network so that um, the post can't be specific to me. It can't be, I did this or I'm doing that. It can't be, don't use the word I, um, literally ever. So um, I make sure to do that. And then people are more apt to, to share it as if it's their own post or share and include their own editorial kind of comment with the post. Cool. So I decided that going for shares of my posts, was going to like break the algorithm with, with LinkedIn. So Mm -hmm. now when I approach a LinkedIn post, I'm not putting, you know, I don't sit and like agonize over what I'm going to post on LinkedIn later. I'm a big fan of what Gary Vaynerchuk says about don't, um, Document, don't create. So if I'm working on something or something strikes me as interesting, I just go with that and post about it. So um, my goal is that I don't mention I or me in my post, um, because I also notice as I'm trying to promote things that those posts definitely don't show up in the feed as much as you would like them to, because I think LinkedIn wants us to buy ads for that sort of thing. So those types of posts where it's sign up for this, register for that, um, they they want nothing to do with that. And that shows in the, the analytics that I see for my posts. So my goal is make it um, an informational post that someone would literally just post or repost as themselves or reshare, but add a little bit of their own commentary at the top before they share it. And then, so that's step one. Step two then is looking in your app. It's easiest to look at the reshares on the app on the mobile phone instead of on the um, the desktop platform for whatever reason. So I look on my notifications in LinkedIn and it'll say, you know, so-and-so reshared your post and 15 others or something like that. So I click on that and every single one of those posts that someone reshares of mine, I like it and I comment, thanks for sharing this with your network. Or, you know, if they mentioned something, I'll riff off of that, whatever makes sense. And then a lot of times those people that are sharing my posts, they're not in my network. So I see like the second or third thing. So if I see that they're not in my network, I connect with them. So I've probably added... 200 or more people to my network just in the past two weeks, maybe less yeah. than that, um, with using that strategy. And so then people get engagement on their page too. So it's it's exciting for them. Um, yeah. And then I get engagement online as well.
0: Now, uh, for uh, those that aren't familiar with LinkedIn, there's uh, there's different ways to connect with people. And usually you'll see your first connections, which you're directly uh, connected to, but then you see a friend of a friend basically which will be your second connection. And then a friend of a friend of a friend would be your third connection. <laughs> if you're using And
1: then the, Kevin
0: Bacon. <laughs> yeah, you're no kidding. I, I think there's at least five degrees from, uh, for, yeah. <laughs> or for at least the president or somebody with LinkedIn uh, just because of the way everything's shared. But in, uh, in the way, if you're using your mobile app versus the desktop version, the desktop version will not allow you to go beyond your second level where the mobile app will. So you can actually connect with someone on the third level uh, using your mobile app. So there's, more, there's actually more features available than you think with your mobile app and the desktop. So you should go ahead and you know, use that uh, in conjunction uh, with the actual desktop.
1: Yeah, the only thing that I find the desktop has better functionality for is if I want to add multiple photos to a post. For some reason, and I don't know why, the LinkedIn app only lets you post one photo from your mobile device. I wish they would change that. So, and maybe it's an iPhone thing and I have an Android and maybe I'm left out, but in my experience, yeah, in my experience to add multiple photos, go to the desktop site.
0: No good. Now, um, you, you came up with two questions. I want to get you before your heart close. I know you got some time. <laughs> yeah. to uh, so, um, uh, what do you say to those people that says, "Oh man, I would love to be uh LinkedIn famous." but it's not bringing any money to me. So how do you balance between, you know, yes, I've got like me, I've got 7,300 connections, you know? So how is 7,300 connections gonna equate to dollar signs? So what's what's your tip to that?
1: It's attention. Um, It's being in front of people as much as possible so that if someone thinks safety or whatever your niche is, that they think you and they don't even know that they're thinking that first because they saw you on LinkedIn. So while a post isn't going to bring you money, um, I personally can point to um, I've had cold LinkedIn messages where people have contacted me just because they saw me on LinkedIn or really identified with a particular post and they'll reach out and say, hey, I have this project coming up. Can you help me with this? And I've closed at least five pieces of business um, when I was a safety consultant by mm-hmm. just LinkedIn only. Like I had never met these people in real life um, and they reached out and then we were able to to do work together in real life. Um, so uh, I still think LinkedIn, it's It's like what Gary Vaynerchuk says about it's underpriced attention. I mean, it's free. And, you know, I I have a website. You have a website. Look at your your analytics on your website and how many views you get there versus how many views you get on LinkedIn. It's insane. I mean, you still have to have a website. um, That's important. But people aren't just going to your website and reading your blog. Like, they find it because of your social media presence. Um, So I still think LinkedIn is the place to be for business. And it's not going to... It's not going to result in dollar signs. Um, It's a way of keeping your name out there and promoting what you're up to. positioning yourself as that thought leader or that expert, subject matter expert in whatever space you're in. So actually a couple of my consultants practice specialty mentees, they've been matched with me specifically for the purposes of getting some help with social media. So I've been helping, I've helped a few people with just trying to, to have a better, um, approach with, especially LinkedIn, um, and also their website. So, um, and following that whole document, don't create thing. especially as a safety consultant, you're so busy. You don't have time to come up with. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just talk about what you're doing. Like you're, you're perfect for this. Like I'm doing this podcast. I'm talking to these people. Um, if you're going out and speaking at events, take pictures at those events, post about the event before you get to the event. Like there's little mini marketing strategies that you can do for anything, like any speaking engagement, even if it's, you know, just your local chapter meeting, talk about it. Um, I like to always try to engage people online because Not everyone can show up at every event, but I could solicit questions from people before I do a webinar or before I do an in-person session and say, Hey, I'm talking about this. What's your most common concern? Or what's the biggest question on your mind about this topic? And then your your session can write itself because people are giving you that content. So like your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn presence is kind of like your own personal
0: focus group. Yeah, And truly, uh, hey, did, did I just hear the mic drop over there? I, I think <laughs> I just heard a mic drop. <laughs> so, uh, truly uh, what, what it is in, in basic marketing terms, when you get into marketing, you'll see that um, uh, people pay for impressions. And, uh, the, for instance, uh, I think the Super Bowl ad is, is three, $4 million just for 30 seconds. In some yeah. cases, a little bit more for 60 seconds, which you never really see. But, um, what they're doing is they're saying we have enough viewership that you're going to make an impression on this amount of viewership, you know, millions and millions of people. So you're paying for impressions. So what you're, what LinkedIn and social media and all those other things have done is, they brought down the cost of impressions so though you may not make money you know back and forth is you're not spending money in advertising you're not spending money impressions yet you will later but right now you're making impressions you're cementing yourself as a subject matter expert you're increasing the range of voice so now you can talk to anyone in the world Mm -hmm. and uh, I can tell you from my own um, experience there's uh, nine people nine companies that are allowed through OSHA right now be a little bit less, but uh, right now, I I believe it's nine companies that are allowed to do online OSHA 10 and 30 hour and all those right now. So uh, from LinkedIn, my posts and different things, three out of the nine contact me to do subject matter work for them. Uh, so it's That's truly... Yeah, it's great. It's a nice, I like that percentage, right? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's so they they saw me as a subject matter expert from posts and different things I did through LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, Twitter and a few other ones. But I know in the future, the way that social media and every business works is business will be made to be copied. So anything you do will be made to be copied. So there'll be the next LinkedIn coming up and that might be the Yammer and some of the other things that we're hearing about. but while this is here, I would ride that LinkedIn uh, as long as you can. <laughs>
1: yes, I agree. I mean, even Facebook and Instagram too. It's like just, just post, just keep posting, keep living your life, and you know, doing whatever it is. Well,
0: better than that, start a group.
1: Yeah, start a group. I mean, yeah, I mean that how, that's been awesome for you, I'm sure. And the Wise Facebook group, I mean, we've. There's people that they haven't heard of ASSP, but they've heard of WISE and they want to be a part of it. And so our WISE Facebook group gets to exist. You know, ASSP hasn't shut it down. They're a part of it um, because we actually drive membership. So there's people that they haven't heard of ASSPs, and they want to be a part of WISE and be more engaged. So they join ASSP. I mean, and that's all from a Facebook group. That's free. Um, Our engagement in our Facebook group, companies would literally kill to get that engagement, um, it's it's huge. And so we're very, we're protective of that group to make sure we don't let in, you know, just pure marketing people or sales people that it's, it's a true safety community. Um, it's very powerful. So yeah, like I'm a big fan of using all these free social media tools. Um, in the past, I even dabbled with like Facebook ads, where you can target people. You can get very specific with who you target, and it's very effective. So to, to grow your network, and, and that's all it is—you're growing that audience for um, you know the next round of whatever that's going to be. You know, if if, if you're now going to be the premier OSHA 10 and 30 online person, that now when people participate in these online OSHA 10 courses, that they see Sheldon talking to them. You know, everything you've done to that point is to get... Make sure people know it's you, it's your face. It's that's what they want. Um, and they want your brain. <laughs> so yeah, being a subject matter expert is huge, huge. Yeah,
0: and everyone's looking for uh they want to get behind the brand. And one of the things I stop doing is I stop saying we when it comes to my business. I'm a one guy, you know, yeah. I'm a one yeah. man show. So yeah. I don't say, you know, well, how did we do or listen to us? I, I, I just say it's me. Everyone knows, and it's it's more personal that way. Way, but then also, it, it becomes where you are the face of your business, which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is truly the um, the effect that uh, you are doing proposals for companies, you're doing other things for companies because they've seen you uh, and they've liked your personality in some way. So yes. there's the written media, and then there's also the video media, and then there's also the actual verbal through the podcast and stuff. You have mastered all of them because mm-hmm. you've done plenty of videos. I'm on her YouTube channel. Guys, yeah. look her up. She's great. She doesn't do a whole bunch, but when she does, it's just gold. Thank <laughs> and you. So, <laughs> and, uh, and truly, it, you, you've got all those different those medias, so I know we're on your hard break, so uh, why don't you go ahead and promote anything and everything you need to. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. Um yeah i just wanted to uh continue off of that tangent about the personal branding and being an individual because i i did that too i mean my consulting business was called the fairy group you know and it still exists as the fairy group and it's me <laughs> you know people would ask me who else is part of your business it's like oh me you know the group is my satisfied customers <laughs> i guess yes. um so it, now that i'm working for hayes companies i am actually considering or I, I just need to do it um combine my two sites so that i own abbyferry.com which i suggest everybody buy their name.com if you can Absolutely. or some version of it you know I if you have a whole of those- family Exactly. Yes. I, I, need to do my daughters too. Um, but that's huge. Uh, I saw, uh, my colleague Regina McMichael, she is a keynote speaker. She does a wonderful job. She, uh, launched a website that's reginamcMichael.com. And that's huge because people know her. Um, so I know in the past people would try to come up with like fun business names and it's like, just use your name, you know, especially if you're an individual doing independent consulting, build your name, then it's not confusing. So I'm in the process of changing over the migrating things to abbyfairy.com so that it's easy and it's understood that it's it's me. And I happen to be at Hayes Companies now, but I still have yep. my online presence that's you know worth something. Um So, yeah, the YouTube page, I try to curate to um, have good videos that aren't just, you know, it's not my videos that I'm curating, even though I do upload my own content, Um, but it's videos from OSHA or safety equipment manufacturers, things like that, that I find worthy to share in classes because I love sharing video content, especially modern stuff, not old dusty safety videos, but, you know, the new modern stuff. so my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Abby Ferry CSP. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com slash in slash Abby CSP, or just, you can just search Abby CSP on LinkedIn and find me. Um, yep. I think you can also search, just Google Abby Ferry and NASA and find the article I was quoted in with the Washington Post about the NASA spacesuit saga. So that's kind of a, a fun fact.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah. I I've remember never, I've seeing it.
1: And that was because of LinkedIn. The Washington Post reporter reached out to me because I had a bunch of people commenting on a LinkedIn thread that I posted about the spacesuits. So there you go. You know, I'll always
0: your Facebook uh, resource group.
1: Yes, that's right, so as part of, so we have the the WISE Facebook group, and then part of that group is a, a um, what do they call it, a, a subgroup or a related group? I forget yeah. what Facebook calls it. But we have the safety resource swap, which is for safety people that are downsizing their office or have a bunch of study materials that they just, you know, Marie Kondo is affecting everybody. So if it no longer <laughs> brings you joy, um, yeah, let it you know, go. <laughs> that, that accident investigation textbook from 2002 might bring someone else great joy. So we try to match people with um, others that are seeking safety resources. And then you just kind of take it offline and mail stuff to each other and, you know, work it out. Um, we also have a, as part of the the WISE group, we have a um, another group that's just for CSP studying, so any of the BCSP certifications, we have a group that's in there to talk about strategies or talking about, um, different preparation courses, things like that. Just sharing strategies for passing those exams, um, all within the ethical guidelines of the BCSP of course, because it's moderated. Um, and what else? Gosh, there's a a wise, uh, group on LinkedIn. Um, and what else am I thinking of Twitter? I still like to use Twitter.
0: That's probably my,
1: my, my first and favorite social media platform that, um, all organizations organic growth on, and I changed my name on my, my business Twitter. So it's safety Abby on Twitter. And, um, also my Instagram that some yeah, yeah. Kind of professionals like shamed me into getting last year <laughs> is also called safety Abby. So I try to share stuff there and cruise the the safety selfie hashtag and yeah. comment and just encourage people out there that are taking their selfie of them looking, looking fly in their safety. and <laughs> Just encourage them and say, this is awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah um, what else jeez I use Snapchat You're I all over the place. yeah um, the past two years actually at the safety conference for ASSP I purchased Snapchat geo filters um, where anyone else using Snapchat that was in the expo hall, could flip through the filters and find my Snapchat geo filter and use it. So um, that was pretty fun too. Yeah, again, it's not bringing you income just from that, but it's yep. attention that I did that. And then, so I did that two years ago and then ASP yep. did it last year, so. so. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they might have heard from somebody.
0: You're <laughs> a trendsetter. Filters.
1: I think so. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. I mean, I, I try to um, start with either LinkedIn or Facebook with my content and then take it to the other platforms and modify it to the other platforms after that. So I'm not just blasting the same stuff on every platform. Um, you get something different with each social media stream from me
0: so yeah well uh on on behalf of all your other fans because i am a fan of yours uh i do say thank you for the content and then thank you for this i'm calling this one the master class i am that truly has. calling this the social media master class in the short time that we had together you know i i truly like i like your i like the the ideas that are going back and forth there so uh, uh, you don't have to record anything because this is recorded i'll uh day. I'm going to send you a copy of this too. So thank you so much for spending your time with me.
1: Thank you. I always enjoy riffing with you. You're awesome to talk to. I think we've talked virtually like this more than in person. So hopefully we can change that and like get the show up um, to in person. Because
0: we only saw each other for like, what, 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the expo hall just by chance. But we took a selfie, posted the heck out of that on social media. So I'll have to find that and post it again. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I should do that for the show.
1: Um, the content's awesome. there it lives forever
0: yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna do that because now from thanks to you and uh i didn't know this before but you taught me something is also put a picture in instead of just a generated picture so i'm gonna do our yes. picture at the uh at safety in uh, san antonio as my picture to go with this episode and That's i should awesome. be not this monday next monday
1: Awesome. And then I'll yeah, share this
0: Monday it will be and Jake. post it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks
1: Sheldon. You too.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate each and every one of you. It's been a real fun time for me and I'll just like to ask you if you could help me out by subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with some friends and families, and your social network, and your LinkedIn, and leave a review on iTunes. That's going to help me greatly spread the word for other safety consultants. Thank you. In this week's tip of the week, we're going to just talk about making sure that you get your name out there through speaking engagements. So speaking engagements can be one of the things that could get you recognized as a professional in your field. So it's wonderful to get these engagements because what'll happen is you'll also be able to just promote yourself. So you are gonna have people who will choose to do your session, and not only will they choose to do your session, but now that is telling you some things about that. It's telling you that they have interest in that topic, whatever topic you choose, and that it's possible that they may actually need you to help them in a consulting facet later on. So, the idea behind it is make sure you choose your topic as to something that you are really strong on. Wrap your services around the things that you're going to be teaching on, or for whatever time period, usually it's an hour if you're doing this, and then get your proposal submitted to whatever association that you're going to. So just choose the association, I choose ASSP, that's uh, who I belong to, and each year they kind of have like a year lead-in so right now as the time of this recording we're in 2019 they're already seeking proposals for 2020 and the event's going to be summer 2020 and at this time i'm doing the recording in may of 2019 so you have to think ahead as to where you want to do your speaking engagement but Uh, When you submit your proposal, look really close as to the requirements for proposal and just write it out. Make sure that you get the correct word count in because that does make a difference. And then not only do you get the correct word count, as into your bio and what the topic is and um, any other resources that you're going to have available during that. So do your research there. But you really want to make sure that you're going to have a topic that is going to be uh, a topic and name, actually. Name is very important. You want a catchy name. You want something that uh, someone could see and they could really get them thinking. So last year when I spoke at the ASSP in San Antonio uh, at Safety 2018, my topic was, the future of OSHA. So hearing that topic, uh, and it was very well received, and I had a lot of people show up, and it was the last day of the event during the very last session, and I had a lot of people that came out to that event, and I think it was really because of the name recognition. So you choose a topic that is going to uh, make people think, make them want to really sit in, and then when you're speaking, don't just speak about yourself and your services and make it a, a sales pitch because that's not allowed. So what you're going to do is keep your cards with you and uh, have it available after, genuinely afterwards, and then someone's going to come and they're going to want to talk to you about your topic. You would have struck a chord in some way if you presented it well. So at that time, you give them your card, you let them know that you're available. any service request that they need and then you're basically using the ASSP name or whatever uh, association you go with with your speaking and you're getting their credibility to some degree to get people into your training session after that it's whatever you do and so you will have to make sure that you put a great presentation together just so that everyone knows that you're not out there to make a buck. you're actually out there to help but if you can also service some of the needs that they have it becomes a win-win opportunity for you so that is the tip of the week.
1: This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com. This episode has been powered
0: by Safety FM.